Now, Betty, um, what are we going to do tonight? I'm going to kick some ass! <laughs> Chicago, where the fire serve cold, but the wolves and the hawks never shiver in the snow. The bulls keep it running, the Sox run the south, the Cubs run the north, but the Bears run the house. True Chicago sports fans got their ears to the street. Any team make a move and they never skip a beat. And in this house, this is where we be. Welcome to the show with E Rock and Big Z. Welcome, 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 welcome to Chicago. Coming from the True Chicago Sports Fan Cave, this is the TCSF Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yes, sir. There he is. Episode 90 is brought to you by 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, ACSI, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF Podcast t-shirts. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TrueFan15 for 15% off your entire order. That is TrueFan15. Go and get your official TCSF shirts now. Go get them. <laughs> As always, I am Big Z. And guess who's back? My boy, E-Rock. Ayo. What's up, Z? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the show. If you're a first-timer or a long-timer, please remember to hit that subscribe button, that notify button, and go ahead and give us a review on your listening app of choice. You can find us on Facebook at True Chicago Fans. Follow us on Twitter at True Shy Fans and on IG at True Chicago Sports Fans. And don't forget, you can support the show with a monthly subscription at anchor.fm slash true chicago sports fans go on over there and click on support and you can subscribe for as low as 99 cents a month hey listen do you like the show i do are you a fan i am then tell your friends and they will tell their friends and we can all be friends and listen to sports movies and tell all types of ill shit together z what's up brother i'm very happy to be back see your face tell me how was your week oh man i missed you brother i missed you it's been a crazy week back at work you know i had that spring break and uh and then when i was back to work and it was a legit crazy work at a uh, week at work uh students are finally understanding the meaning of a deadline <laughs> uh yeah your boy don't play um mike stepped in last week and did a great job thank you mike uh for joining us last week and stepping in into the big shoes that eddie leaves behind when he's out of town um bowling as usual we are see uh we're winning uh, this week we were seeding and we were playing a potential playoff matchup we took five out of seven points we didn't sweep but we won the series and that's important for to win another uh back-to-back quarter uh so it looks like we're trying to get the uh most points right now uh and it, it, it gets tough as 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 we're winding down it's been a while it'll be it's gonna be a wild four weeks until we finish the long season but fear not e i start my wednesday league this week at the Versi, so there'll be more bowling in my life how's That's your awesome, week man. I, you, you know I, I told you back in the day my pops used to bowl at diversity river bowl so i actually have that little uh that little rocks glass uh it's, yeah. it's like mm-hmm. in this uh, art deco style and it was like a special award for bowling You're, for bowling good back in the day you used to get a, a drink glass so that's that's always a nice little price it goes hand <laughs> in hand brother 
That's right. Hey, I mean, I, from what I understand, it improves your accuracy or at least makes you feel better about losing. So it's one of the other. <laughs> well, when you see double the pins, you can't miss. <laughs> How was your yeah, week, brother? Man. Look, man, first of all, shout out to Mike Logic for filling in for me. You know, we had a lot of fun. Uh, interesting week out in the Smoky Mountains region in Tennessee. Uh, we checked out the Titanic Museum. Uh, we did the Alcatraz uh, True Crime Museum as well. Uh, those were really cool. Uh, it, it was interesting because both of them were kind of morbid where the entire thing like the, the Titanic Museum, you get a card when you walk in and this is the person that you're uh, uh, following the journey on, for, whether it's a first, second or third class uh, passenger. So you get to see where they would have been on the ship when the ship went down. Uh, showing it was it was like I said, it was interesting. It was cool to see, but it was definitely a little morbid. Be like, oh, you know, these are the people that died. And are you going to die? Let's find out. Like, that was interesting. Um, the Alcatraz uh, True Crime Museum, the Alcatraz East, I think they called it. Uh, that was pretty cool. You had all different aspects where it comes to, like, med medieval torture, uh, torture devices and punishments and, uh, you know, prison and serial killers and mass shootings and all that. You know, they had the whole crime forensics lab type of thing. So, you know, that was really cool. Um we did some go-karts we did you know i did my traditional record shopping on my birthday last sunday uh we had a little bit of eat you know i got some cigars and some uh whiskey and stuff like that so you know and then, and then for the for the little one's birthday we went over to the ripley's uh, uh aquarium they have down there um the the one thing that was weird to me about that whole region is that like anytime they have a museum or something like that like right in the middle they have like a playground for the kids and i'm like I, I imagine people that live around there think this the aquarium is the most amazing thing. I'm like, you've never been to Shed. We don't have like a playground in the middle. This is all like 100% first class exhibits about fish. So, I mean, that's that's the difference that I that I found. You, you ever been in that region, man? Oh, I've been there, but I've been to Nashville. And uh, I, I've explored the outside of Nashville, not just, you know, the, the drinking uh, area. But I, I also went to like some breweries and some museums and so forth. And I, I, I enjoy all that stuff because you take in the history and you kind of understand the 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 climate of the atmosphere over time um so the johnny cash museum the the elvis museum and all that stuff and then you understand the history of, of how the city has grown up and what it is today like obviously like nashville and vegas kind of a very similar where it was a, a destination place and now it's like it's a party town like you go to Nashville, mm -hmm. and it's all about oh the bridesmaids are here partying it up, and, the, and it's a bachelorette party and a bachelor party, and you know it's all that it's it's a destination place. Um, so I have been there around there, and I've also went to a, a couple of national parks um, on the way out, and then on the way back home, I usually stop in Louisville at the Louisville Slugger where you were a couple weeks ago. So I'm familiar with uh, some of that stuff, but I still need to head out to the uh, Smoky Mountains where you were at. Yeah, I mean, Nat Nashville is, I think that's something that's a trip that we need to make. Maybe go see the Titans play or something like that. But uh, yeah, Gatlinburg, it, it's cool. Gatlinburg and uh, Pigeon Forge, they're cool. Um, I kind of think of it like a redneck uh, Wisconsin Dells, a little bit more redneck <laughs> Wisconsin Dells. Um, they, they really love Trump down there. I mean, it's it's incredible. I mean, signs and flags everywhere. Let's go Brandon shirts on like 10-year-olds. Like, you don't even know what that means. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it was a little too touristy for me. I mean, like, the when we went to downtown Gatlinburg, it was fun uh, uh my wife and i went down uh the, the very last night we were there and we kind of like hung out there we did a couple of moonshine tasting wine tasting uh she got her bloody mary that she had been wanting all week and uh you know uh, it, it was it was funny because you know she she was sipping on uh 
vodka and like ginger the whole week. So I was like, all right, we're going to go out. You're going to have your Bloody Mary. Then we're going to have a shot of tequila. Then we're going to do a moon t- moonshine tasting and then a wine tasting. And then also over here is a beer. So she had literally every liquor within like a six hour period. So uh, you can imagine how she was feeling after that. She was she like in the time being, it was good. And then afterwards, she was like, that was a bad idea. I said, yeah, but you had fun. And, and we got away from the kids for a night. So that, that was all right. But. Yeah, I mean, uh, good trip. I taught my oldest uh, daughter how to play gin, so now I'll be taking all of her money, money that she probably got for me in the first place. So uh, if anything, I'd be getting my own cash bag, which is fine with me. But yeah, um, you know, we, we had fun. Uh, you know, we brought back some moonshine, some bourbon. So I guess when we run out, I'll have to go back. Oh, that sounds like a good plan. So we'll just send you on a run. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. No, nah, I mean, I, I'm not a wine person. We, we bought a couple of bottles, so we'll, we'll see. There was one that was... Uh, I'm kind of interested in pairing it with a cigar. It's got like a smoky flavor. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But okay. Yeah, man. Right. You know, uh, yeah. So once you uh, once you get back in studio, we'll have to try. And I think that's going to be, uh, I think that'll, that'll be our stirring the pot. See if the, the thing that I brought back, if you're willing to try it or not. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Oh, speaking speaking yeah. of speaking of your wife, um, I like to retract the comment I made last month about uh, um, euphoria. I was completely wrong in thinking that she was not in the same apartment when she was supposedly kidnapped. So, um, I, yeah, yeah, I've I was gonna mention to her the day she came down into the into the. Uh, um, into the office but uh yeah i, I totally forgot and uh so i just making my correction and my uh retraction at the moment so she doesn't uh forget and she does cook for me because i like to eat her food <laughs> <laughs> uh, and i didn't i still have i know i have her tupperwares and they're bagged up and ready to go for her to fill them up again funny enough she literally came came down into the studio this morning she goes do you know where all my tupperware is <laughs> oh no i only have one i only have one <laughs> No, I'm no, like, I don't know where it is. <laughs> no, no, I actually the, the one yeah. I have is an actual Tupperware, and I know those are rare, so that's going back <laughs> there. I'm not messing around with that. Well, I mean, it, it sounds like uh, you know we last week we talked about your spring break, and I had my spring break. And speaking of spring, it is time. Spring is here, ladies and gentlemen, and maybe you need a fresh start. So let me tell you about a great opportunity with our friends over at ACSI, with over fifty expert technicians in the Chicagoland area. ACSI offers a one-stop shop for telecom wiring, whether residential cable installation, fiber to the home, or commercial structured cable wiring. ACSI is a proud partner of Comcast and Astound, powered by RCN. Fans, let me tell you the most impressive thing about ACSI. The ACSI crew did their thing during the COVID-19 pandemic, and ACSI was awarded HACIA's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. The best part is that ACSI is growing bigger and better than ever. ACSI is now hiring for field sales, technicians, and project managers. Check out ACSI.tech. That's ACSI.tech and click on careers to apply today. ACSI is equal opportunity employer. Go get you a job. This week, we talk about a little bit of baseball preview, what is going to happen with the Cubs and the Sox latest moves and where we think they're going to 
uh, end up at the end of the season. We talk a little bit about the uh, Blackhawks just streaking down the stretch, you know, brown streaks in the pants. Kind of like what the Bulls are doing because the Bulls seem like they are ready to go home. And uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit. And of course, during the pot and what you looking at. But first, this is the Big Three with Big Z. Thanks, E-Rock. I'm Big Z, and you're not. Now for today's stories. Story number one. All right. Duke and Coach K have been finally eliminated from the tournament. Coach K's first loss was to UNC in his career, uh, and his last home game was a loss to UNC. And the team to take the Blue Devils out of this year's tournament was UNC. So some poetic irony has been accomplished here to one of the greatest coaches in college basketball and actually in pro basketball as well because he coached the uh, the USA men's national team. Um, so E, you're the, you're the uh, college connoisseur here. What do you have to say about Coach K and his uh, beautiful run that he had there? Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it was an incredible run. I mean, he had quite a few uh, championships. He made a bunch of Final Four appearances. Uh, yeah, and like you said, North Carolina handed Coach K his first ever loss as Duke's head coach back in 1980. And it also handed Coach K a loss in the final game at Cam- Cameron Indoor. And when the they finally meet for the first time in the tournament, they also defeated Coach K in his final game as Duke's head coach as they took the... Uh, the final four match 81 to 77 i mean this was a tight game it was a very very good game uh but uh you know unc just kind of outlasted them at the end of the second half uh scoring 47 to 40 points and and duke like i said this was a good team um there was there's a kid on there uh named banchero he looks like he's gonna or Bancaro, i think that's how he's uh pronounced his name he's gonna be a really really good uh nba player as mike logic pointed out before as well but look i mean i i i publicly said on facebook that i was rooting for duke to win it all um the nostalgia in me uh to see coach k take out his biggest opponent in their first ever meeting in the final four to go to a championship to face kansas which is another very good storied uh team and villanova played well as well you know what i mean so uh duke the number two seed is now out and carolina is going to face the uh the jayhawks um this is one of those really cool you know and i and i actually messaged you and i told you you better put on this college game i know you're watching wrestlemania i know Mm -hmm. you got the bulls game on put on this college game this is going to be one of those games especially if duke wins that you're going to remember where you are uh that day and what happened in that game so um it it sucks for coach k like i said Southside chicago guy um that he did was not able to get the victory and move on to the championship and and take it all because that would have been a beautiful story storybook ending for him but i mean for the tar heels considering the fact that you know hubert davis is this this is his first year at unc after taking over for for uh for roy williams after all those years that he was there going against coach k in his first season he takes out coach k in his very last season in his very last game so i mean it is poetic justice uh like you said before and it it's just you know this is impressive uh, it, it, it'll be interesting to see uh what Duke does in the future with John Shire taking over next year. So um, I'm not by any means a Duke fan, but I definitely looked out for Coach K and just kind of, like I said, it's one of those old school uh, managers, coaches that have been around for a long time. And, and at some point, you know, you love to hate him, but, you know, you kind of want them to go out on top too. <laughs> sure. 
as soon as I'm about to talk. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you. It's not something like I was never a Duke guy. You were either Duke or, or North Carolina guy. You, you know, back in the 90s, you had to pick a side. Were you dark blue or baby blue? And I always sided with the baby blue because I was a Jordan fan. So, um, yeah, I'm wearing my baby blue, and I was always all about North Carolina. And I hated Duke, but I can respect Duke for all the players that they put in the NBA. I can respect Duke for their coach and their coaching staff that have accomplished so much. And the same thing for North Carolina with Roy Williams and so forth. So you had a lot of historic games, a lot of historical players that came through these organizations and you know they always battled it was always a, a battle uh, when they played each other no matter when they played each other and especially because they're they're like they're pretty close to each other right they're down like one road about 60 miles or something like that yeah these these are close in, in uh, tobacco road location. or something like that yeah to, the, the tobacco road and all that stuff and, yeah. and the funny thing is, is that coach gay's lifetime record against unc fell to 50 to 48 because of those last two losses uh so yeah I mean, they, they ruined his, his going away party where he came out and says, this isn't acceptable. This is not Duke yeah. basketball. Well, guess what? This year it is. So, um, you know, it, it's it'll be it'll be interesting to see Monday night who wins this game. Of course, we're not going to be able to report on it because it'll happen uh, after we, we, we record. But, you know, I, I, I'm glad to see that this is one of those tournaments where it's it's you had your Cinderella story. You had your big boys. You had your your number one seed going down early. I mean, this was a very interesting tournament, and uh, I'm kind of sad to see it go uh, because I, this is one time of year, like I said, where I really, really enjoy uh, college basketball. But uh, you know, I'm looking forward to this championship game, and uh, at this point, I kind of hope that uh, that Carolina takes it. I mean, um, Kansas is, I think, is a high seed. They're either a one or a two, and uh, UNC is an eight. So. Um, good for them. Good for them making it all the way. And, and let's see what they got. So you're saying we're, we're, we're cheering for the Tar Heels? I am. Uh, no, I'm, so am I. I'm going to cheer for the Tar Heels, too. I might put, I put a little coin on it, maybe. Mm, maybe. Ooh. Yeah, you know. <laughs> 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 all right. Story number two. And this is an update to last week's story. The Portland Pickles mascot, Dylan T. Pickle, has been found. We reported the missing mascot last week, and with the help of our fans, yes, right, our fans, he has been found. The saga began when the mascot's costume was lost while the team officials returned from a trip to the Dominican Republic. Then after Delta Airlines found the luggage and dropped it off in Portland last week, it was stolen by a porch pirate. <laughs> I hate porch pirates. <laughs> what a term. Oh, my God. Uh, it is said that so uh, Campbell said it was found the missing costume and dropped uh, dropped it off Wednesday at a donut shop. The person who to the team called a world hero asked to remain anonymous and said the costume had been left behind on a TriMet bus. So somebody was pretty much walking around being a pickle in the in that area, and, uh, um, and then someone just left it on a bus and some good Samaritan brought it back and left it uh, <laughs> dropped it off at a donut shop. Why would you drop a pickle at a... Oh, I see what you did there. Pickle and a donut. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. All I, you know, <laughs> Go ahead. All, all I think of is uh, uh, Friday 3. Holy moly donut shop. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> oh, man. The world, Craig. Oh, man. So, yeah, they they, they clean the, uh, the the costume, the, the pickle stuff, and uh, um, it, 
it's it's nice and better now. I guess it, it was a little dingy and a little smelly when they found the the thing. But I left a pit gold pitcher in the outline for you to see because last week me and Mike talked about it, and this is right up your alley. This is your humor. This is your sixth grade humor, man. Bro, I mean, looking, I had listened to the show while I was on vacation in Tennessee, and uh, let me let me tell you, when I heard about this story, I knew it was a really big deal. Yeah, I see what you did there. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. This 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 is a funny story all the way through. I mean, th- first of all, this big ass pickle head. I don't even like pickles. First of all, no, do I? Because uh, they're gross. Uh, I'll have like I eat like three pickles a year, and that's because someone left it on a burger, and I was like, all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, like this is this is a funny story, and uh, the fact that someone left it on the bus and then it got stolen afterwards by your 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 hated uh, porch pirates. I I hate the Pittsburgh Pirates, but that's that's just me because they're in our division. I don't know about the porch pirates; they, they don't bother me too much. No man, it's glad that the the pickle has been found. You know, because sometimes people like to play hide the pickle, um, and in this case, it's been found that it's all better and cleaner. <laughs> Wow. All right. Story number three. And I put my phone away. I should not have done that. <laughs> All right. Story number three. Kellogg's Pop-Tart lawsuit dismissed after claim of false advertisement. So this 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 is the one one of you, one of your stories that you sent over to me. It is. And I'm I'm reading like, no way. There's no fucking way. A judge has dismissed a lawsuit against Kellogg's after a woman sued for the lack of berries in the company's strawberry-flavored Pop-Tarts. In a court ruling this past Friday, Honorable Andrew L. Carter Jr. said Kellogg's strawberry representations are simply not deceptive. The lawsuit was filed in late August by Anita Harris in the U.S. District Court Southern District of Illinois, East St. Louis Division, against Kellogg's sales company. In the complaint, Harris claimed that Kellogg's company leaders give consumers the impression that the fruit filling contains a greater relative absolute amount of strawberries than it does. First of all, it's a fucking Pop-Tart. It's strawberry flavoring. They, they, and it says, I know it may say made with some fruit, made with real fruit. That doesn't mean it's made with strawberries. When you get grape juice, I guarantee you there's pear juice. And there's apple juice in it. First of all, um, go get you a fucking toaster strudel. Like, what are you fucking around with Pop-Tarts for? <laughs> I mean, have you have you ever had a toaster strudel? Yeah, they're good. Yeah, yeah they're like a hundred times better than fucking Pop-Tarts. Yeah. Pop-Tarts, man. It, you know what's funny is uh, one of my coworkers was actually telling me that... <laughs> that he had some relatives staying with him and uh they criticized him for putting pop tarts in the toaster they're like what <laughs> yeah what are you why are you putting the pop tarts in the toaster like though no, that's where they go they're like no you're supposed to just eat them out the package i'm like that's fucking gross that doesn't i mean i get it if you're a college kid and you literally don't have electricity that's one thing i mean you're and you're sitting there making ramen on a hot plate right. but i mean it's different when like you know you are uh uh an adult and you own a toaster like i don't understand why it literally says toaster pastries on the box so look first of all why would you think there would be that much fruit in a pop tart i mean this is this is a ridiculous ass lawsuit and uh i mean it's kind of like you know unless you got a class action lawsuit where people are like hey you said it has strawberries and i'm allergic to strawberries and it didn't make me sick so you know it's such backwards fucking argument it doesn't make any damn sense 
uh, well, people will sue over anything at this point, and they're just trying to get get rich quick. Like the person with the uh, the coffee at McDonald's. Right? Yeah, I know you remember this case. The lady uh, drops the, co- the coffee on, and uh, she's like, "Why well, didn't know it was hot?" Well, water's wet, and coffee is hot, and air is breathable. Like, there's three things that are just fucking common sense. But she won that lawsuit, and now everything has to be labeled. Caution: coffee is hot. Yeah, I mean. Because some people are fucking dumb, man. I mean, I think we all know that. But like, hey, look out! There's a hole in front of you. Be like, oh, so I shouldn't walk in directly into that hole? No, you should, uh, because you you need that sign to save your life. You definitely should walk into that hole. Don't go back ever. No, I want about Dar- Darwinism. Like, if if you're not paying attention and you go by falling into a manhole, that's your fault. It's simple as that. You you walked off the cliff like a lemming. That's your fault. Not 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 no one's fault. I think uh, at birth, everyone, and, and I know you don't have the capability of writing or holding a pen even but there should be time some type of verbal agreement as soon as you learn how to talk um you have to sign a contract called the you big dummy contract so in case you do dumb shit you're not allowed to sue anyone yeah definitely definitely all right i'm big z and that's news to me we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor We all know that 2020 was no joke, and with an ever-changing world climate, many people are looking for a new opportunity. Guys, are you looking for a career that rewards effort and makes you feel valued as a team member? Let me tell you a little about our friends at ACSI. ACSI is a certified RCN business agent. They provide the same RCN services with a personalized touch. Their sales and technician teams work hand-in-hand, ensuring your experience will be smooth and pleasant. Gone are the days of being transferred from one person to the next. At ACSI, they handle everything from start to finish. It's never been so easy to get internet service. ACSI is a growing Chicagoland company that encourages personal growth and rewards perseverance. As they expand, they're looking for passionate, responsible, and honest professionals to join their team. A career with ACSI means you'll be part of a hardworking, flexible, and dynamic team that is a leader in the installation of cable and internet services in the Chicagoland area. Best of all, ACSI was awarded Hacia's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. Are you ready to grow with a local Chicago company on the rise? Check out ACSI.tech and click on Careers to get started. That's ACSI.tech and click on Careers. Welcome back to the TCSF podcast with E Rock and Big Z. Yes, sir. This is The Loop, our Chicago sports roundup where we keep you in the loop. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. Welcome, welcome to Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Z, what's going on at the Madhouse on Madison and the Chicago Blackhawks? Man, the Chicago Blackhawks, they're closing out their season as best as they can. But the focus will shift over to the front office and how they will move forward this offseason. So far, Davidson's only front office changes have been high-level personnel switches. He parted away with longtime amateur scouting director Mark Kelly and longtime assistant GM Ryan Stewart, but brought back former uh, executive Nor Norv McGiver or no McKeever. 
not MacGyver. <laughs> I wish it was MacGyver because he fixed everything. As associate GM overseeing scouting and elevated former Hawks defenseman Brian Campbell into a yet to be titled role. So the Hawks, they're, they're atrocious at this point. They're either winning by a large margin, losing by a large margin. They're testing out different lines, testing out different players in different situations. We don't know if they're going to keep Kane and Taves. Um, they actually play tonight as we're recording at 6 o'clock. Um, but it, there's a lot of uncertainty with this, this organization, and we don't know what's what they're going to do moving forward. I've been checked out on the Hawks for months. <laughs> That's my job. You, you, know what, you know what I mean? Like, this has been such a fumble of a season, whether it comes to uh, your coach getting fired, uh, your 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 GM and your organization going through such a tough time, your former coach having to uh, resign from a different team over some, some shit that they just decided not to look into back in 2010. I, I, I mean, you know, I, I think anyone that listens to this show uh, already knows my feelings about the Blackhawks, at least for this season, so... I mean, I'm glad that the season is coming to an end. I don't have to hear about them until next year, what, October, September, whenever it is. And then, you know, maybe you guys can change my mind then. But for now, I'm checked out. Speaking of firing, uh, I didn't put into this on outline, but I still got to shout out my Chicago Fire for not losing in their past game against FC Dallas. Yes, sir. Eddie's having a conniption over there. <laughs> the Chicago Fire came to a draw 0-0 against FC Dallas in their latest game. And guess what? They're one of three teams in MLS without a loss. That's right. I have to give a quick shout out, man. I got to put my uh, Chicago Fire out there. Bro, you pulled the okey-doke. And... <laughs> Found, you took the most boring shit to talk about and then made something else way more boring. I don't know no how No way. That. The, the fire are way more exciting Hawks. than the Blackhawks. You turned the boring-ass Blackhawks into the boring-ass fucking fire. No one is... what you're. You and the one other person that it, it, it likes the fire is watching this shit. I got Javi's watch a big Chicago fire supporter and he listens to the show. So three... Yes, it's three. So what? It's more than one. <laughs> it was a good match, man. What are you talking about? Anyway, hey, when when the Chicago Fire starts calling and then they say for us to go to the game, you're going to the game with us. I mean, I'll go. Cause they got beer there, right? They do have beer. Okay, well, then I have a reason to go. And and your ticket comes with a beer. Look at that. Even better. Yeah. Shit, I'll get two tickets then. Uh, oh, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> if I get two beers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how you stay interested. Just keep just keep feeding him a beer. He'll be, he'll be interested in soccer. Hey, it's all about priorities, right? That's right. You're going to be like, kick the ball in, guys. Yay, go team. <laughs> <laughs> all right, E, let's talk about something a little bit more, more of your palate. Let's talk about the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, baby, baseball is here. Opening day is Thursday, April 7th, and uh, the Cubs are going to take on the Milwaukee Brewers at Wrigley, and they named their opening day starter with the professor Kyle Hendricks getting the nod for the third consecutive year. Um, some fans thought that the newly acquired Marcus Stroman should have gotten the nod. Z, what do you think? No, no, you go with your veteran, the guy who's been there for, for the longest. The professor does, does definitely deserves to be the opening day starter. And he has a good record against the Milwaukee Bucks, if I can remember correctly. So um, you want to see your guy, your guy who's earned it, open the day, especially at Wrigley. I mean, it was, you know, in Milwaukee, but like, yeah, whatever. But your, your best pitcher, your, your veteran, your, your leader, 
of the staff should be the first pitcher to open the season at home. I mean, considering the fact that he's never faced the Milwaukee Bucks, it's it's uh, impressive that he has a good record against them. Milwaukee yeah, Brewers. Did I say yeah. Bucks? Did I say yeah. Bucks? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, all, I'm still on medication. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, look, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. You know, this is one of the three guys that are left over from the 2016 Cubs. When you talk about him, Wilson Contreras and Jason Hayward. And then, of course, your your manager, David Ross. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm glad for him. I'm glad that uh, that Rossi did the right thing and named him the, the opening day starter. You have to give him the respect of being the guy that, that has the longest tenure in the organization when it comes to your pitching staff. So, I mean, I, I think it is the right move. And, uh, you know, they are struggling a little bit trying to figure out how they're going to finish filling out this rotation uh, because on last Friday the Rossi came out and said that Wade Miley is currently dealing with inflammation in his left elbow uh, he's going to he's going to begin the season on the IL uh, delivering a late spring setback as the Cubs try to map out their pitching staff um, he was already on a slower program this spring and it was clear the Cubs were building in some contingency plans uh, because they you know, they started stretching out a couple of guys. Of course, you got Hendricks and you got Stroman, but they've been building up on all, uh, the volume of a couple of different players like uh, Drew Smiley and Justin Steele. Um, they are also preparing for starting roles. And don't forget, they also have Alec Mills, who hit uh, through the uh, no here not too long ago. And then Keegan Thompson coming through. We saw him a little bit last year. So all four of the pitchers in that group could be mixed and matched or paired together for the early game. So it'll be interesting. Um, they also signed and uh, brought on to the 40-man roster, uh, I think 39-year-old this Jesse Chavez. Cubs fans remember him from a couple years ago. Uh, skinny Mexican guy. Uh, he's got a pretty good whip of an arm. He's decent in the bullpen. Um, they, I know a lot of Cubs fans wanted him to come back. I believe he went on to the Rangers or somewhere like that. So um, it's been it's been an interesting uh, offseason. I think some some uh, Cubs fans wanted the, the Cubs to go after some more bigger name players like I talked about Carlos Correa. It might have been a, a wasted time for him on the north side, but he does have that weird contract where he can opt out after pretty much every uh, season of his three-year deal. So it is possible that he's still in the cards, but you also got to look at who else is going to be taking up space in the middle infield right now because we definitely have to see what these these guys your corner infield wisdom um you know frank the tank what's going to happen with um your little little short boy that (laughs) that they brought over from the white Sox? magical uh you know what i mean saying when his head ed howard going to be ready what about brendan davis i mean there's a lot of players in the pipeline that i think the cubs are going to be relying on um in the next couple years so we have to see how they're going to build that out and like i said before i think it's possible that the Cubs kind of smack a few guys in the face and and uh, and surprise them a bit. No, I I think of the Cubs are are being cautious on what their moves are because they want to build forward, not just for this year, but moving forward, and that's the big that's the big picture. And uh, and Cub fans don't want to hear that because you know once you get a taste of the championship, you want to keep running for a championship. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen right now. Uh, you lost Carlos Correa, and so did everybody else. And he has that, like you said, that weird contract where you know, if we don't win in Minnesota, then I'm gonna leave again. Then you know what? Then you do you. But that's not a contract as an organization that I'm gonna sign somebody if we're not ready to win. There's no way I'm gonna give you all that leeway. So there's no way I want that. Do I want him on on either Chicago team? Definitely. If we can get him uh, in Chicago, on other uh, whatever side of town, 
let, let's put him on there, but I want him for, for long term. You want him to be cemented into your lineup. Um, I think that the the problem for this year for baseball is going to be the amount of injuries to pitchers, and we're already talking about it on the north side. We'll get to the south side in a little bit, but there's going to be a lot of injuries to the pitching staff because of the shortened uh, uh, spring training. So and this is why MLB extended the, the rosters from 26 to 28 or something like that for the month of April, uh, giving you two extra slots to put in either a pitcher or two or an extra catcher or an extra infielder or outfielder. So that's what's going on. You're going to see a lot of injuries going on because these guys have not been ramped up the way they've always had the, the time to ramp up to. Yeah, I mean, with with the short spring training, with the uh, with the lockout that happened earlier uh, in the in the start of the the calendar year for baseball, um, you're, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how these pitching staffs are held together. Um, who goes down early? You know, um, you know, Tommy John, um, you know, weird shoulder injuries, rotator cuffs, things like that. So, um, just not being able to stretch out as long as they need to. I mean, Wade Miley for the Cubs is I think 35 years old, and he's been good in the league. You know, he's a solid number. three three but i mean as you go down the list i mean i don't think there's a lot of guys that the cubs have a ton of faith in so it'll be interesting because don't forget you know you're going back to your your nine inning double headers things like that so and and the good thing i guess for the pitchers is that they don't have to hit anymore so um that'll kind of give them a little bit of uh, a relief where you don't have to worry about them running bases and things like that but uh so let, let me let me ask you a question here you know I'm, I'm looking right before we start this season you know I'm, I'm reading these Dakota standings and uh they've been pretty accurate over the last few years a few years ago when the uh, the Cubs were predicted to be I think third in the division and a lot of the players and fans frankly uh, scoffed at that notion and then they ended up finishing third in the in the division so right now Pakota as of uh uh, four two, which is Saturday, uh, on their website shows uh, they are predicting in their simulation that the Milwaukee Brewers will win the NL Central with ninety two point eight wins and uh, sixty nine point two losses, and uh, the Cubs will finish fourth with seventy two wins and eighty nine losses. Uh, they have St. Louis uh, number two with seventy nine wins uh, and uh, eighty two losses and since he also at 79 and 82 so they're kind of jockeying back and forth um and the cubs bringing uh bringing up that fourth with 72 so 92 wins 20 games above the cubs in that division uh what do you think about this prediction i think it's uh outlandish i have milwaukee has been one of those teams that uh has time and time again proven that they can't uh finish someone off i really do think that milwaukee can win the division uh, but St. Louis has always been there no matter what. They can have, you know, the second grade peewee team and they'll still be up there in, in first or second place. It don't matter. St. Louis has an organization that, that's always there. Cincinnati, I don't know how they're in third place. Uh, and I, I, th- I still think the Cubs will be in third place. I don't think Cincinnati will finish there. I think Cincinnati is going to sell off their pieces as, as usually as they do. Um, and Pittsburgh will be uh, the dumpster fire that Pittsburgh is when it comes to baseball. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting that, you know, the, the Brewers do have some good pieces here. I mean, you look at the rotation, they got Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, Adrian Hauser, Eric Lauer, and Aaron Ashby. Um, a lot of these guys you haven't heard of. You know Corbin Burns, ben, uh, Brandon Woodruff, and uh, Peralta has been around for a while, but... Uh, 
you know, and look at their pen. Don't forget, you know, you're, you still got a guy in Josh Hader who is just a very, very good bullpen guy um, and Brad Boxberger. But I mean, overall, I don't see where I don't see anyone that really scares me here. Um, and then you have, uh, you know, who who is really, I don't know, Rowdy. Te- are you are you scared of Rowdy Tejas? Are you scared of Colton Wong? Uh, Luis Urias has been a good player for in the league for a long time. Um, but yeah, I mean, they got Christian Yelich, who who I don't know what happened to him. He feel, it feels like he fell off, but they also have McCutcheon, who is damn near four years old, if, if he's not that old already. Uh, Lorenzo Kane, Hunter Renfro. So Renfro is definitely a good player. Um, and then um, McCutcheon is going to be their DH. So I don't see anyone on this team that scares me, but I think they're kind of considering the fact that the Pirates are going to suck. The Cubs are probably going to suck. The, the Cardinals are just bullshit. <laughs> Fuck the Cardinals and the Reds. I mean, another again, the Reds are another team that you know should have been better a couple years ago when they got Castellanos and just really never panned out. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, I, I I don't expect a ton out of the Cubs, but I also think, like I said, I think they can catch a few guys uh, off guard. And my biggest fear, honestly, like is with a team where you don't really know how talented they are, how how. They haven't been able to spend that much time together in the offseason. Marcus Stroman being signed before the lockout was good for them, but they still didn't have access to him. Um, and then you kind of look at some of the other turnover that's that's been through. You know, you, you're talking about um, players that are coming back from in, uh, injury, uh, players that are just not don't have that much experience, uh, you know, wisdom going into a full major league season. Um Frank Schwindel, another guy. What's going to happen with with, with uh, Wilson Contreras? I know you guys talked about that a little bit last week. I still think that they need to find a way to do whatever they can to keep him in the mix, uh, stabilize his pitching staff, bring up a couple of guys that you know he you can trust with him, and like I said, make him uh, Yadier Molina of the Cubs. That's what you need to do, in my opinion. So. Um, I think fourth is probably a good prediction for them. But again, I don't know what to expect out of the Reds. The Cardinals always kind of seem to find their way up there. The Cardinals could end up getting a wild card spot, you know, taking it away from someone else that's like the Padres or something like that. So uh, the Giants even. So it'll be interesting to see. But I think uh, I think it's probably right on point. But I think the best thing for the Cubs right now is that there's not too many expectations out of them. So um, what I was, was going to say earlier is that my biggest fear is that they do catch fire early and then they lose steam late like the Bulls did. Ooh, ooh. Is that foreshadowing there? A little bit of foreshadowing? A little bit. Oh, boy. So now that we've talked about my favorite team, what's going on in the Soul site? Oh, man. Thanks, E. Thanks, E. The White Sox, the White Sox. Kind of similar to the Cubs. The Chicago White Sox are limping to opening day reliever Garrett Crochet, the crotch rocket, very likely heading to Tommy John surgery, said GM Rick Hahn this past Friday. Crotch, the crotch rocket left Thursday spring training game with the trainer when he was uh, flexing his arm. So it looks like Tommy John surgery will sideline Crochet for the entire 2022 season and likely the first couple weeks of 2023 as well. I mean, this is expected when you have such a flamethrower like this, and he has kind of like uh, an unorthodox kind of throwing motion. So um, there's going to do an MRI. They'll let us know, but everyone's already talking Tommy John and him being out for the rest of the year. So now you have one of your flamethrowers down for the year, and it's like we just traded somebody. We just traded one of our relievers that wasn't doing too well for us, that did well for you, in uh, uh, Craig Kimbrell. You got traded to the Dodgers, so now we're down two relievers 
But how how much were you really expecting to rely on Kimbrel if he had stayed with the White Sox? Because I mean that that was the biggest complaint that uh, Madrigal for Kimbrel wasn't fair trade because Kimbrel didn't do much after he made he made his way over to the South Side. But you know, I think a lot of other teams that were out there. I, I feel like there wasn't a ton of interest in Kimbrel, and uh, I almost feel like they were lucky to trade him right when they did. Because don't forget the Dodgers lost Kenley Jansen uh, from their bullpen. He ended up going to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think they're looking for you know a guy like Kimbrel to kind of. Uh, per, you know, serve as a spark plug for that team because he does have the pedigree over the years. But I mean, he's kind of so up and down over the last like what five years or so. So, I mean, I, I think that the the return that the Sox got for him was a very good player. I think that, that he's a guy that can stick around with the White Sox for a while, considering the fact that um, he was a, he was a good piece for the Dodgers for a while. And I think that with all the moves that they've made, all the players that they've acquired in the last two seasons, he's become expendable. Completely agree with you on a bunch of things. One, we we both knew that uh, that Kimbrough was not in the right role with the White Sox. Kimbrough is a closer at this point in his career, and he's not a setup man. He's not a sixth inning guy. He's not a seventh inning guy. So he was a professional and saying, "I'll do whatever the team needs me to do so we can win." But obviously, he is a closer, and he showed that when he was with the Cubs and how hot he got. And we also seen him when he sucked with the Cubs the year prior. Um, and that's that's the Kimbrough that we got on the south side. The fact that we got AJ Pollock for him is a miracle. So it pretty much it matched up with money because uh, AJ Pollock uh, has a earning is earning ten million dollars this season. Is old at least a five million dollar buyout or ten million dollar option for the next season. And Kimbrough is sixteen million this season. Um, and so the money matched up. They needed a closer. We needed an outfielder. They have a log jam in outfielders over there uh, in L.A. So that opened up doors for, for some of the younger pli- players to come out. And we needed a, uh, a right fielder. Um, well, we needed a left fielder. I mean, a right fielder. But he, he's a left fielder. But you will put him in there. I mean, I think it's a great return. A.J. Pollock, uh, he, was, he won the gold glove last year. Um, he, he played with the Diamondbacks. So you have Tony LaRusso, who is actually familiar with him. Because he was there uh, when he was there as well, so um, he's naturally a center fielder. He bats right, and we needed a left hand bat. But you know, beggars can't be choosers at this point. So I think it's a good trade. I think it's a good. Uh, we we'll have a good rotation with him. Angle. You'll have sheets out there. You'll have um, Larry. Larry, the Swiss Army knife. Larry. 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 You have all these. We have like eight, nine outfielders that we can stick out there. Uh, even Micker Adolfo, who's been tearing the the cover off the baseball in spring training and he has no more options so he'll be making the team so you have a lot of options out there a lot of young players with the white Sox. but i wanted to talk about another injury that just happened uh this past saturday the big bastard lance lynn um looked like he left uh, the game grimacing and limping through the center field gate uh, trainers gave him the impression that he's unlikely to make a return um in the rotation next week um, and then you also have Michael Kopech, who's about two weeks uh, behind for a full starter's workload. So you look like uh, Vince Velasquez appears to be to make the uh, camp in the rotation. You also have uh, Lopez. Um, so you have Lopez and, and Velasquez that are probably going to jump in at the end of the rotation with Giolito, Cease, and Keiko, who obviously we know who's wasn't that good last year at all. Keiko is such a question mark in that rotation. 
Because, I mean, you know what kind of pedigree he has. You know what kind of player he can be. And I think I think a lot of Sox fans are frustrated with the fact that he just didn't show out with what you expected when you when you saw him come uh, over from the Braves after he spent all that time with, with, the, uh, with the Astros. So um, this is going to be an interesting uh, rotation. You know, Giolito is, is hit or miss. Okay, we know that he can be good, but he's kind of hit or miss, right? He's streaky. Um, Dylan Cease, I think, is still a question mark because I think we know what his potential is and what his ceiling could be, but he still has to reach that potential. So, um, And then Ronaldo Lopez, I mean, I, I think he's another guy that, you know, we know where his ceiling could be. We just do, we, I don't know if we're confident that he can reach that ceiling every time he takes them out. So um, it'll be interesting to see Lance Lynn, you know, I always talked about him as a as, uh, uh, very comparative to um, John Lackey, you know, John Lackey coming over uh, after his time with the Cardinals and the Angels and things like that. So, I mean, he has that attitude. Don't forget, you know, how far in the season last year he was in in conversation for the Cy Young and for MVP, as a matter of fact, you know. So uh, there's a lot of guys here. And like you said before, the fact that these pitchers have not had enough time to really get properly stretched out and warmed up. It'll be really interesting to see what they end up doing and uh, if they're going to possibly try to make a move for another pitcher at some point, because I do believe that there might be another starter away from really making noise. Yeah, I agree. They are one starter away. Speaking of that starter, that they were targeting was Juan Manaya from the A's, but he went to the Padres um, as of this morning. Giolito has put on about 25 pounds of, they say, muscle because uh, he's, he's looking a little thicker. He looks like a little thicker with a double C's in there. Um, uh, yeah, thick. Um, and the reason he, he gained the muscle was to not uh, break down later on in the season so you can avoid injury. Um, Dylan Cease, like you said, his ceiling is, is is super high. He has the filthiest stuff out of everybody in the staff. It's just about consistency, and he's just a young kid. So we'll see. Hopefully he can turn it around. I think this is his third season with, with the club now. And then Keiko. Keiko uh, was actually one of the first people at the, uh, at the training center and actually training on his own. And I think he has a chip on his shoulder to prove that he is not going to suck this year. I think he he knows that the writing's on the wall that if he does suck, he's going to get the Ronaldo Lopez treatment where they're just going to send him off to to pasture and either you get it right or wrong. We don't care. We're, we're in the winner business of, of winning. And as far as Lopez, who I just mentioned, he had corrective eye surgery and you saw the difference in the later in the season when he pitched for us that that made a huge difference for us. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's one of those things, you know, we, we talked quite a bit about the rule changes and things like that that happened last year in the middle of the season, especially for the pitchers, you know, would not be able to use the uh, the sticky stuff wherever they were hiding it. Um, but so, you know, again, it's a, it's another thing. We saw players like you, Darvish, and, and, and others kind of take a nosedive. They've got to get used to that. They've got to figure out how to throw differently so they don't get injured because I think that was another one of the concerns about needing to throw the ball harder when you want to get it faster because you can't get that spin rate from not having that that gunk on the ball anymore so you know again uh, i i think you're right on the money when you talk about the, the possibility of a lot of pitchers being injured early and uh you know we're already seeing that kind of hit the uh, white Sox a little bit here yeah a couple of quick nuggets uh tim anderson is suspended for the first two games of the season stemming from an altercation last year with an ump where he accidentally bumped them um so he's going to service his games there um so he doesn't care because he says, I don't care about Detroit fans, which is, you know, typical. 
We don't care about Detroit. Uh, so the first two games really don't matter to Tim Adams. He cares about the home opener and what he's going to do the rest of the season. Also, Giolito avoids arbitration with a $7.45 million uh, uh, settlement. So <laughs> he wanted eight. The Sox wanted, you know, seven. And they finally signed at the middle, which is great. Go ahead. One last White Sox nugget. The Sox and the Blue Jays have agreed to a trade. Zach Collins is headed to Toronto, while Reese McGuire has been brought over to the White Sox. So that's a little nugget uh, there, Sox fans. Say what? Breaking news on the show? What? Yeah, man. Shout out to Berto because I just saw that on the page. So, yeah. Uh, Z, we talked a little bit about the uh, the Cubs and their Pakoda rankings. Uh, Pakoda actually has the White Sox winning the AL Central with 90 wins. Let's call them 91 because they got 90.8. 91 wins and uh, 72 losses. And they lead uh, Minnesota with 87 wins and 75 losses. So uh, that's where they are predicting that the uh, AL Central will end up and the White Sox winning that division. What do you think? Um, I think the division is there for the taking. It's not going to be as easy as it was last year where they ran away with it. Um, You have the Guardians who still have a decent pitching staff and they have young players on the team. You have the Royals who are always pesky Royals, always present uh, some problems for us. Um, but the big uh, thing is that Minnesota got a lot better uh, by signing uh, your boy Carrera. And that's going to make a huge difference. Uh, Detroit is not going to be the bottom feeder. I tell you right now, they're not going to finish in fifth. That team is really good. That pitching staff has been developing for the past three, four years. And how would they be bringing up and so forth? And they got your boy over there, Javi, uh, anchoring the defense over there. So do not expect them to be end up in the fifth seed or the fifth uh, place there. I do see Kansas City dropping a fifth, Cleveland staying at third, and Chicago, Minnesota, battling for the number one spot that's going to be just left up to the pitching staff and whose pitching staff can stay the strongest right now i believe we have the strongest bullpen in mlb but we don't have the starting pitching we have two maybe three if that maybe so it's going to come out to injuries i hope that they get the 90 wins the 90 91 wins but i i see them with an 88 win uh projection for my for my taste uh and just edging out the uh, Minnesota Twins. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, you're right on the money with that. I mean, you know, it's going to be, it's like uh, uh, Cubs and Cardinals, no matter where they are, it's always interesting. Cubs and White Sox, for that matter, it doesn't matter where they are in the standings. They always play each other tight. So, you know, it, it's it's going to really be in, uh, dependent on, honestly, what kind of impact Correa is going to have on that on that team, because I mean, I, I think everyone, uh, both of us included, were very surprised that the Twins were the ones that won the Carlos Correa sweepstakes. So it, it, now, when you see the breakdown of that contract, the fact that he has the the possibility of leaving after every single season, that made a little bit of sense because who the hell wants to be in Minnesota for that long? But anyway, <laughs> they're uh, you know it, it, it'll it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how quickly that the how quickly the 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 uh, the White Sox can start because that'll be very important to how they can stretch it down the season if they can get off to a hot hot start they can uh afford some mistakes and injuries as they go on but they do need to come out on fire right away yeah i agree they need to come out on fire and set the tone and say hey this is our division you're not taking anything away from us but they also need to continue to have that drive once they get to the all-star break and after the all-star break and not coast like they did last year and that's why they got uh they got will smith and uh they ended up losing that first uh, uh series 
look, it happens. It happens. Uh, let me, I, I, I am curious on what your thoughts are about Larissa going into year two. I told you I didn't want him here. Um, I, you know what it is? I, for right now, I, what I think is that he is literally training his replacements, um, training all these young guys around him. And um, I think that they respect him for his pedigree. But at the same time, you just like Tim Anderson said, he's, 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 the, he's the old man that you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just walk away and do whatever you want. So um, a couple of notes now that you mentioned that trade, the White Sox and the Blue Jays have uh, swapped catchers. Um, Zach Collins is heading to Toronto while Reese McGuire is being dealt to the Sox. So this what this looks like it's going to be um, we're giving up offense to pick up some defense. Def, uh, McGuire is a plus four on um, pitch framing and so forth. And Zach Collins, we know he has a good bat. So we're giving away, we're going to get another defensive catcher uh, to uh, join uh, Zelby, Selby Savala. Was also out of ops, uh, out of options, so they're they're moving around players so that way they can um, give spell Yasmani Grandal so he can play some a little bit of DH. Um, so we're giving him a little bit of offense, but we're we're picking up some defense so somebody can actually throw somebody out. Hey, it's about time. You're damn <laughs> right. You're damn right. <laughs> uh, before we get out of the loop, a couple of Bears notes. Uh, the Bears did not get Ryan Bates from the Bills. They went ahead and matched his offer sheet. I know a lot of Bears fans were really looking uh, forward to possibly adding Bates to the team, but unfortunately, they did not. Um, they, uh, yeah, the Bills matched the offer, so that kind of tells you, especially a, a, a team of the Bills caliber right now, that tells you what kind of value that he has in the league and for that team. I mean, he was an undrafted guy. Um, I think he came out of Duke. and Yeah, he came out of Duke if I'm not mistaken, so um, no, I'm sorry. He's uh, undrafted out of Penn State. And um, so, I mean, it, it kind of sucks because I know that really that's where you saw Ryan Poles focusing on guys that he can kind of sneak in and grab uh, that were either free agents or restricted. So, um, unfortunately, the Bears did not uh, secure that move. Uh, also, the Bears signed former Northwestern University quarterback Trevor Simeon to a two-year contract. Um, he's only appeared in 33 NFL games. He has 29 starts over six seasons. Um, you know, people are like, why did they do that? They already have Justin Fields. They don't They don't have any faith in Justin Fields. You dumb bastards. He's called a backup. He's always in a backup. He will always be a backup. He was probably a backup when he was uh, first brought to Northwestern. He was forced into play. This is not a good quarterback, but again, six-year guy. He's been in the league for a long time. The Bears are trying to figure out what they can do um, with uh, uh with the with foals you know we're trying they're trying to go out there and trade them but there's no foals in this house no one wants to, to trade for him and uh you know former bear andy dalton just signed with uh, new orleans i believe so look you can say whatever you want about dalton you can say what do you whatever you want about foals simeon is just a backup there's no way they're not going with fields going forward there was a lot of uh talk about maybe brian poles this is not the guy i drafted shut up he's gonna play the the the, the height draft pick drafted in the first round number one for the bears we're gonna see what justin fields can do this season i don't expect a lot out of him but a, a lot of the uh, the bears in general but you know this simeon pick uh, the simeon pickup is just for insurance he's just a backup so put on your panties stop freaking out and calm down yeah i mean bears fans you know they're fickle they're very fickle i mean 
l- l- just relax. R E L A X. Relax. Oh no. It's just a backup. Okay? We're not hitting the, the we're not hitting our targets and we're not overspending. Okay? <laughs> we didn't get this guy. That's fine. You know what? Move on to the next guy, the next contingency plan. And guess what? If it doesn't happen, cool. We're not going to spend money stupidly because that's the problem we were in with uh, the last Ryan who messed us up with the salary cap. So you know what? Don't expect them to win the championship next year. Do not expect them. And that's the thing. Is that, that, you know, you want to say he he, uh, pays spent uh, foolishly or whatever. He spent in ways that he thought would improve the team. There were some hits. There were some misses. Not on quarterback. I think the biggest biggest discrepancy was the fact that... um, you know, we, t- we look at Trubisky, you know, any, I mean, that was just, I, I, honestly, to me, that's still a fluky thing. I really think that he's going to be okay in, uh, in Pittsburgh and I'm rooting for the kid. We all, I think everyone that listens to me knows that I'm rooting for Trubisky. Um, but I mean, I think that, uh, we talked about Ryan, uh, um, I'm sorry, Nick Foles, uh, Dalton, um, you know, Mike Glennon early on when he was first brought on. I mean, you know, there was a lot of confusion at, at that position. And I think, you know, uh, Ryan Pace was sitting there trying to appease his, his, coach that he brought in and Nagy wanted this and Nagy wanted that and he just never believed in Trubisky and it just kind of it was just a a bad match overall so you know Ryan Pace you know we can we can sit here and talk about the moves uh, that he made and the the holes that he left on the team when you talk about the money that they have when you talk about the the players that they've lost and they didn't resign or they let go and things like that but I mean you know you kind of just got to do the best with what you got at the time right so trying to fill holes trying to bring in, bring in free agents bringing in khalil mack hakeem hicks uh drafting uh eddie jackson you're just trying to kind of make those home run hits and sometimes it, it works out and sometimes it doesn't it just 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 didn't so um i'm excited about what polls is going to do with this draft his first crack at it um he has a lot of options there um and you know they don't have that first round pick but uh you know they're going to look for building blocks that they can they can really boost up Justin Fields and put him in a good position to win. Um, last thing on the Bears, they signed safety Dante Crookshank. Um, he was a unrestricted free agent, and they gave him a one-year contract. Uh, he came over to the Bears after spending his first four seasons with the Titans. So they're working on bringing in some more players for that secondary, and we'll see how that all works out. All right, fans, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Hey guys, this is Mike Deportes, and you're listening to True Chicago Sport Farms Podcast. We all know that 2020 was no joke, and with an ever-changing world climate, many people are looking for a new opportunity. Guys, are you looking for a career that rewards effort and makes you feel valued as a team member? Let me tell you a little about our friends at ACSI. ACSI is a certified RCN business agent. They provide the same RCN services with a personalized touch. Their sales and technician teams work hand-in-hand, ensuring your experience will be smooth and pleasant. Gone are the days of being transferred from one person to the next. At ACSI, they handle everything from start to finish. It's never been so easy to get internet service. 
ACSI is a growing Chicagoland company that encourages personal growth and rewards perseverance. As they expand, they're looking for passionate, responsible, and honest professionals to join their team. A career with ACSI means you'll be part of a hardworking, flexible, and dynamic team that is a leader in the installation of cable and internet services in the Chicagoland area. Best of all, ACSI was awarded HACIA's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. Are you ready to grow with a local Chicago company on the rise? Check out acsi.tech and click on careers to get started. That's acsi.tech and click on careers. This is Enrique Calderon coming to you from True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast. Y te lo dice Enrique Calderon. Welcome back to the TCSF Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. This is The Bottom Line. And that's The Bottom Line. In this segment, we discuss the biggest Chicago sports topic of the week. And this week, it is the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, the Chicago Bulls streaking once again like i mentioned before the nice dirty brown streaks in the back of your drawers because with only four regular season games left in the 21 22 campaign for the bulls it would have been a nice for the locker room to come out of a saturday showdown with miami with some certainty but they sucked it up and they did not uh, take home the victory against the now number one seeded uh miami heat Alex Caruso's back issues only worsened with coach Billy Donovan admitting that his defensive minded guard had a problem that was evident in Donovan playing him only 22 minutes. All-star Zach Levine half kidded that it'd be nice for him to get a few games off this upcoming week, especially when his left knee soreness still coming and going from day to day. So, I mean, we know that that knee last he talked was only about 70%, but we're still waiting to see what's going to happen with, um, uh, with uh, Lonzo Ball coming back, Caruso dealing with multiple injuries because I don't think his wrist is really back. Um, uh, you're also talking about Pat Williams still trying to get into the groove. Um, Kobe White has been all over the place. So, you know, it'll be interesting, man. It, this is a very, uh, it, 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 I talked about it a little bit earlier and it just sucks because they peaked at the wrong time. Yeah, this is exactly what I, what you said. They peaked at the wrong time. Uh, they they had injuries at the beginning of the year. They had COVID uh, at the beginning of the year, and they overcame a lot of those things as players were coming in and out of the lineup. And they were number one at the All Star break, tied with Miami at that point. And since then, they are what uh, was it seven and twelve, seven and twelve. If they would have won on uh, this past Saturday and Cleveland would have lost, they would have secured a, a playoff spot. So that's what they're that's what they're playing off for right now. Instead of being a number, like I said, a number four, a secure number four, even possibly competing for the number three or two spot. I never thought they'd be a number one team because they're not a number one team. The defending champs are a number one team, and that's where they're going to stay. And I think right now Milwaukee is just playing the seeding game to see who their best matchup is. So you neither here or there because we're not we're a Milwaukee uh, podcast. But my biggest concern is DeRozan, who hasn't played this many minutes since he was 24 years old. This man is playing almost 40 minutes, 40 minutes plus uh, uh, on a nightly basis. And the other night he had to score 50 and bail out the Bulls. No one is scoring. Like you said, Kobe White is literally 
on the floor but isn't doing anything this man can't hit water if you chuck them out into lake michigan he still won't he'll still be dry his clothes will be nice and dry this man cannot hit water if he tried he has sucked it up horribly and there's no one to replace him io has a nice bounce back since the all-star break um but he's i've been asked to do something that he's not always been doing he's a shooting guard now they're asking him to be a point guard uh he's doing fine fuji Again, inconsistent. He'll have a stretch here where he's scoring 20 points a game, and then he'll revert to scoring 12 and getting like six rebounds. Like he gets scared when he gets a big matchup. And then uh, again, you talked about uh, Levine. Levine's asking for more time. Well, you know what? You should have sat down to the All Star game. As simple as that. You were hurt before the All Star game, but you wanted to play in the All Star game and shoot a three point contest and do the also this and that. You know what? You should have sat your ass down and took care of that knee so that way you could have close out the season with a little bit more umph because you've been playing like a little bitch i get i get the emphasis i get the the argument that he should have stayed out for that all-star game but it's also an all-star game you know it's not like this isn't like a, a guy who has been to the all-star game 10 other times this is his second appearance right so i mean like i can't really fault him for showing up and playing in the game in his second ever appearance you got to remember that this is a guy who's really trying to build his brand he's been in the league for a few years now he won the dunk contest when he was in minnesota he gets traded over to the bulls basically for for uh, Jimmy Butler and we saw the other all the other moves that just did not work around that when they used the pick to get marketing and we when he sat there we talked about uh, some of the other players that came over in that trade so you know we know that Levine was the star of that trade that that got the the Timberwolves Jimmy Butler but I mean you see what he's trying to do right now he's trying to raise his star power he just signed that contract with New Balance to do their shoes we see him in uh, I think it's all state commercials and Mountain, Mountain Dew commercials and he's so he's in he's out there he's trying to gain his notoriety and I mean like I said he's what uh, 25 26 years old he might be 28 I'm not sure but I know that he he's been in the league for a while now and he really feels like that he should be at superstar status now the problem that i have with this team is not just injury it's not just lack of defense but i mean it's it's such a makeshift team that like i said before they peak too early so you saw ac just doing his thing out there well then you know he finally comes back from from whatever i think he had a knee or or i forget what he had but then uh right away the wrist goes bad right demar DeRozan getting tired lonzo ball who i was kind of near neither here nor there when they first acquired him but you saw the ball handling skills that he had when he came over to the bulls throwing the ball like a quarterback uh troy brown was a decent addition but he really hasn't done much for them um io has been a revelation you know but again he's at the point in the year where we're looking at the final four championship already coming they haven't even started playoffs in the nba so this is a guy that just hasn't been around uh, and played this long and then of course you know uh derrick jones another guy with a wrist injury tristan thompson is, is a guy that they thought could be a spark plug when they're waiting for pat will to come back but he was just kind of been out there barking oh my team my team he hasn't really done shit. and, and I, I think honestly the most frustrating player on this team right now has got to be vucci main you know what i mean because I, I think that we expected him to be an anchor in the middle and i think the fact that he didn't have pat williams to play alongside for most of the season really hurt not only uh pat williams development in this league but it hurt vooch because he was looking for that partner he's the guy that's 30 years old you know what i mean but the the, the par the claw whatever this guy's is his made up nickname is um 
you know, he was supposed to be the spry one. He's supposed to be out there getting the boards and doing, you know, being around the the, the rim all the time. Vooch ain't, ain't built that way anymore. He's just getting older. He needs to be, you know, he needs to be strategic. He needs to have a lot of good fundamentals. He needs to not be at the top of the key shooting threes. You know, he needs to be in the mix. And unfortunately, I'm I don't I don't know how far I see this team going. Like you like we were saying before, there's four games left in the regular season. How far can they really go in the postseason? So let me a couple things you, you said there. Yes, Vooch is getting older, but Vooch is is scared of contact. He's super he's like allergic to it. He doesn't want to be in the middle with the with the young kids. And I get that. You're not that's not your game anymore. He can't bang and clank. But take advantage when you have the height advantage, when you have the, the weight advantage, when you're in the post, he's still passing away when you you're two feet away from the basket. Just go up. The guy's way smaller than you. You don't have the jumps to do that no more. Bro, he's got a little jump hook. That's all you gotta do. Little jump hook. He's two feet away. Here's the thing about Vooch, though. One one thing I will say is that you look at who he's been playing recently, playing guys like Joel Allen Bead and uh and Rudy Gobert and things like that. I mean, you know, he it's it's like you gotta pick your battles. You gotta know when these guys are just gonna beat you up. You can't really do shit about it. He's not that big. He's no. what, six nine, six ten? I don't know how he, he's not he's just compared to like the big, big guys, Andre Ayton, things like that. Like he's just not He's not that big. No, he's not that big. He's the size of a power forward. But I'm saying when he's got a guard on him, just go up, man. Don't be scared to dunk on somebody, man. Go, you know, take it back sometimes. Um, yeah, the Bulls have four games left, and they are murderers' row. Uh, they're playing against the Bucks on Tuesday. Well, uh, they play Wednesday against the Celtics. So back to back against these badass teams, they have the Hornets on Friday, and then they finish on Sunday versus the Timberwolves. And again, th- this is. If they win one of these games, I'll be surprised. No, I, I think they can beat the Hornets. I think they can beat the Wolves for sure. But I mean, you know, going up against the number three seeded Bucks and the number two seeded uh, Celtics right now. I mean, and they just played the Heat. You know, they just played the Raptors again. So, um, you know, they that's that's where it's really killing them because the 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 Heat. We knew the Heat eventually would kind of rise to the top with the, the type of talent they have on that team. We knew that the Celtics would be in there. We knew the Bucks would be in there. And we knew the Sixers, especially after that trade um, that brought over James Harden, would be you know a, a team that would be on the rise. Like I said, I, I think, unfortunately, the Bulls just peaked too early. I mean, I think that's the story of the season when it comes down to it. I don't know with the health of Ball being set back with a, a, a knee injury, right? Mm-hmm. Zach Levine, knee injury. DeMar DeRozan, old. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, got that groin. You got you got Caruso. You got, I think, what? Caruso, Derek Jones, at Pil- at, and Pat Williams, wrist injury. You know, and, and Pat's not not ready for the playoffs. He wasn't ready. For, he he. He did not get any playing time in the season. He played, what, a week and a half before the Knicks, uh, uh, the guy from the Knicks fucked him up, and that was it? I mean, it's just, it's shitty, man. And and, and I've been talking about him so much over the last couple years. The fate of the Bulls in the next couple seasons depends on Pat Williams. Are you good? Are you, are you good to the point where, you know, they, they have a, a free agent that they bring in? that plays a similar position that you can trade in and get some, you know, picks for or trade and get another player for or something like that. You know what I mean? Look, DeAndre Ayton from the, from the Suns, the Suns right now, the best team in the league. They were the first one to 50 wins. They, they are by far the best team in the league record wise. Mm -hmm. He's definitely someone the Bulls should go after. 
All right, so yeah, the Bulls should go after uh, DeAndre Anton, whatever his name is. I, I just don't think it's going to be possible because the Suns value him very highly. So he will be uh, re-signing with them. I think the best bet for the uh, Bulls will be in the free agent market. And if they can trade Vooch, they won't get much for him. But uh, Vooch is going to be have to be traded, and you're going to have to pick up a big man who's serviceable. And the rumors out there that their bulls are going to look at Anthony Davis. And I say no. Do not go after Mr. Glass. Mr. I play 15 games a season, and I'm entitled to this and entitled to that. That boy is softer than gingerbread cookies. He's just going to break down at any point. His ankles uh, uh, are, are like a turning signal. They just keep going. They just keep going. And uh, there's no way they should go after that dude. Um, the, I think there's somebody in, in San Antonio that, that that's going to be a free agent as well. Um, but I just I don't see I don't see this team going past the first round, especially with what they have to face in the first round. Um, let's see if they end up at the sixth seed, they'll be playing the Bucks in the first round. So you, that sounds fun. Yeah, if they win one game, that that'll be a. a uh, a happy uh, occurrence but i don't see them i see them getting swept in the first round if they have to play the bucks and if they even get to the fifth seed they'll play the 76ers which is actually even worse because the 76ers are just about starting to, to, to uh gel with the james harden uh, experiment that they have going over there so either way like i said the bucks i have been playing the seeding game and they don't mind being the third seed because they'll be playing the bulls or the cavaliers or the raptors and they can dominate either one of those things i mean a, a fully healthy bulls team no one's dominating them on the east i don't think there's one team that can dominate them fully healthy that's my caveat right there, there. and that and when i'm talking about fully healthy like i said before zach levine's knee 70 percent lonzo ball's knee non-existent uh, half the team wrist injuries uh old demar DeRozan starting to show his age uh vucevic uh, showing that you know a 30 year old big man is slow on his feet you know i mean he's better than marketing <laughs> yeah. he's better than marketing was here but i mean at the same time you know that that's that's what their swap essentially was it was marketing they let him go they bring in vooch okay well, that's who's going to play our our center position there so It'll be interesting to see who they go after in the offseason. I'm just hoping that they can at least pop off a couple of wins this this uh, this playoff season because, you know, it's going to do a lot for your confidence. And like I said before, my biggest fear is that what we've seen on DeMar DeRozan this season will not be duplicated, cannot be duplicated in the future. I mean, I think this right here, his rejuvenation of being uh, away from San, uh, San Antonio where he didn't have a chance to shine, the fact that he is really kind of getting more of a starring role and more recognition in his first year uh, um with with a, a big team i mean toronto is is a popular team but i'm talking about like a, a big market team you know what right. i mean i think that that chicago definitely takes the cake on that so i mean it, it took him until he's in his early 30s to to be able to kind of uh experience that i'll say and and that's my biggest fear I, I feel like if they did get someone like anthony davis that he would have extra motivation to play but again he couldn't stay healthy another name that i'm hearing that it's possible we've heard this every time this 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 player becomes a free agent or available is derrick rose i mean mm -hmm. derrick rose is another player that people are saying should come back and i honestly i think that would be a great shot in the arm i think i think a lot of players on this current bulls team who did not play with derrick rose when he was here originally when he was drafted you know would kind of rally 
rally around him, rally behind him and, you know, do it, you know, let's do it for Derek type of thing. You know what I mean? Respectful of the organization, respectful of what Derek Rose was, respectful of the youngest MVP in the history of the NBA. Um, you know, I, I've always said that I don't think Bulls fans deserve Derek Rose, but you know on a personal level i'd like to see him come back to the team you know like i said provide a spark plug because that's what we saw demar Derozan do this year who's going to be that spark plug next year i completely agree with you because uh I, I think i just read this morning that the new york knicks have already agreed to release him at the end of the year so he's going to be a free agent at the, at the end of the year if the bulls can get him in into a backup role where he comes in and scores 15 to 20 points coming off the bench and you already have Ayo who's developing as your starting guard as well. You have Caruso at the two. Then you still have Lonzo and, and DeRozan. I mean, again, I know we're a small team. And at some point on the floor, we have four guards on the floor, essentially. Because no one's uh, higher, no one's taller than 6'6". Six, six. But having someone with that type of pedigree who is actually going to be healthy for once in his lifetime. Because he's coming off ankle surgery again. Um but it'd be nice to have that veteran presence. He won't have the pressure of being the the savior of Chicago anymore because he's coming over to a veteran team, and his role will be it, it'll be with less, a lot less pressure. I think him coming off the bench will give us a, a shot in the arm. We give the city a shot in the arm, and um, I think it'll be a good closure to his his his, his story of coming up through the city, coming up through. He uh, I think he went to Memphis. If I'm not mistaken, uh, and then you know coming into the NBA, being chosen by a hometown team, and then being be moved around because I think he was was in Cleveland, he was in Minnesota, he was in somewhere on the West Coast, and then New York and so forth. So he's he's bounced around a little bit just because of his injury, and and uh, obviously he followed Tim, uh, uh, Thibodeau. But I would love to see him here to close out his chapter. Uh, I think he's he can still contribute to a team, and especially in a limited role. Yeah, I mean, Derrick Rose definitely says something left in the tank, especially, you know, coming off the bench and, and, you know, no place like Chicago where he would be appreciated more, hopefully, this time around. You know, and, and that's the same with Anthony Davis, you know what I mean? If it, but the problem is, is that a guy like Anthony Davis is going to want a lot more money right. because, you know, he's still, he's still technically, I would say, he's in his prime, but he just can't stay healthy. I mean, we just see him spend so much time on the bench and not productive for the team that's where you get afraid for for a guy like that but i mean imagine you know anthony davis and derrick rose and io all from chicago playing for chicago at the same time i mean that's got to be some extra motivation especially a team and a franchise like the chicago bulls so look this is this is what i'll say before we we move on from this subject my main focus of this team right now is the fact that they need to at least win a couple of playoff games to really call this season a success at all. Because if you don't, it's just a complete and total failure. The fact that you jumped so far ahead where everyone was gunning for you, when no one expected anything from you, when you look at the fact that we finally got someone to take some pressure off of Zach to be able to get to the bucket, to be able to score. You know, we knew that last year it wasn't going to be Vucevic because we know that he is not the type of player that's going to be consistent with what Zach Levine can do who can take that pressure off of him like i said demar derozan we saw this 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 
rise of a guy that comes out of college as a rookie in a second round pick who definitely should have been a first round pick with Io, the kid from Chicago, from Illinois. You know, we see Kobe White starting to come into his own, getting a little bit more comfortable with playing in the NBA. And unfortunately, we don't see Pat Williams. But like I said, all these wrists, all these knees, that is the biggest fear for me. And once again, the Bulls peak too early and they're not going to win shit. And that's a shame. And that's the bottom line. And that's the bottom line. All right, fans, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hey, true Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. <laughs> Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. TRUEFAN15. For 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15% off your entire order. Let me say it again. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's that time again, brother. Uh-oh. You know what time it is. Oh, boy. It's time for Stirring the Pot. All right, E, you're back from vacation, and the reins are back on your shoulders, bro. Uh-oh. All right, man. So one of the things that uh, that I did talk about, one of the things that we did is we went for a moonshine tasting at Old Smoky tennessee moonshine this is one of the two big companies when you walk around in gatlinburg and pigeon forge in the smoky region um this is the one company you have old smoky and you have uh, the tennessee shine company which i grabbed some uh whiskey from last time i was down there so a few of the things that they had us try and i'll, and I'll look at this they're they're website right now to kind of give you some of the options they have one of the big things that uh, everyone loves is the apple pie because it is very good uh, apple pie is a very popular flavor they also have blackberry i want to say we tried some cream flavor as well um and uh you know they have cherries the original strawberry all this good stuff here um and then some of the other stuff that they have which was uh, which i i like better for myself uh was some of the whiskey um, whiskey you know just in a glass on the rocks things like that uh so my favorite one one of the ones we tried here was the amaretto whiskey which i was not into that one uh we tried the mint chocolate chip whiskey which is again you know that that ain't my shit so the one that i like the most is gonna be our question of the week this week the one that i bought and i will be offering to you if you're so inclined oh boy yeah pecan pecan flavored whiskey yay or nay hmm let's see i love butter pecan ice cream i'm not allergic to pecans so hell yeah i'm trying this pecan whiskey come on it's it's gonna taste a little smoky and a little nutty and uh that's how you end up with the rest of the night you're a little smoky and a little nutty 
You are a little nutty. <laughs> You're smoking. I'm nutty. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's probably about right. Uh, yeah, man. So so that was that was my go to right there. Um, I actually ordered it at one of the restaurants we went to. We had some barbecue down there, and yeah, pecan all day. I I, I actually ordered it at the restaurant because uh, a lot of these uh, moonshine companies are are linked to some of the restaurants down there, so they do serve their products right. as a cross promote. Suppose I'm guessing. Um, the other one that I actually really did like was the uh, the peanut butter whiskey that actually tastes straight up like peanut peanut butter, because I brought down a bottle of screwball with me. I had a taste for it. My boss kept talking about having yeah. the, the screwball, and I've had it. So I, I picked up a bottle on the way down um, for my birthday, and um, you know it's good. But then once I had their peanut butter whiskey from Old Smoky, I was like, this blows it out the water. So I'll finish the screwball bottle, um, but then I. I Next time we're we're live in studio, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, offer you some of that pecan. We were we were actually concerned because you know I, I brought back um, I brought back some of that uh, apple pie moonshine for Gigantor who uh, looked in at, uh, on the dog uh, while I was away, and also my neighbor next door. Um, shout out to Anthony and uh, Sicilian Bakery over there on uh, Cumberland and Lawrence. Go check them out. Uh, great cannolis. If you like cannolis, that's the spot. So I you know I, I wouldn't blow smoke at you. <laughs> Lies, <laughs> not not that yeah, type so, of smoke. So I, yeah, so I, I brought I brought him back some uh, some moonshine, but for you know for for the show here, I grabbed us that that pecan, and we we're like right on the way home. My wife was like, "Hey, uh, isn't he allergic?" And I'm like, "Oh shit!" Well, he can smell the smell <laughs> smell the whiskey. Drink it. No, I'm allergic but, yeah, to almonds. So I, almonds. That's oh, so the arboretta will go out for you. So it's that's what it is. The almonds. Yeah. Okay, well that's good to know then. That's good. That's good to remember because I'm sure I knew that and I just didn't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anytime you serve stuff, I'm like, hey, what's in it? I can't have this, 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 and this. So, uh, no, no, it's usually pretty yeah. good. Like, like pecans and uh, especially the peanut butter. I love peanut butter whiskey. And yes, I, I'm a big fan of screwball. You can have like two, I say three max in one night because it, it gets a little sweet. But you're, if you're you saying the one over there doesn't isn't as sweet and you can drink it all night long, I'm down for that. So you know, you know what we can do is we can actually order it online as well. It's the same price as retail. We can get a couple of these bottles here. Uh, yeah, what I'll say about that screwball, I felt like it was very syrupy. Yeah, well, it's kind of like uh, uh, the cinnamon one. It's like uh, uh, Fireball. Yeah, the Fireball shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was good. Look, let me don't get me wrong. It was good, but it was just very syrupy. Uh, the the one from Old Smoky was not syrupy like that. It was still kind of like that that integrity. The viscosity was just normal. The funny thing is, is that I use that word viscosity, and the, the, <laughs> the guy giving out the sample was like, "Oh shit, that's a ten dollar word right there." Oh no. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. did he have all his teeth, man? They're mostly college kids doing this job, so I mean, they they uh they have their yeah, teeth. They, they they have uh, dental plans. The one girl had braces, so good. Um, yeah, and, and the other the other one that we went to, uh, this is for Tennessee homemade wines. I'm not a wine guy, uh, but uh, you know, my wife was like, I tried the moonshine. You can try the wine. Yeah, and the one that we kind of like the most, it is a white muscadine from uh, Tennessee homemade wines. The bottle is actually really, really cool. I mean, it kind of just looks like an old school like Scotch bottle. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, I can see it. There. But yeah, this is a this is a really cool bottle too. It just it looks it looks nice on your uh, on your liquor shelf there. So we'll be drinking that with a little bit of uh, uh, cigars at some point in the summer. 
well my sister gave me a uh a, 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 I can't I can't remember the name of the cigar but it's a black when it's in the black case and everything it's a it's a good cigar apparently so I can bring it next week and uh, we can celebrate your birthday with some uh some moonshine and cigars there you go there you go all right man I got a question for you what is before it before we <laughs> yeah before we go what you looking at what are you watching that isn't sports so last week you weren't here and i know you listened to the show but uh Ptolemy gray samuel jackson is just killing it dude it's one of those shows um that gets you invested because it's someone who's older going through dementia and alzheimer's and so forth and um you know he's given the opportunity to remember everything so he remembers everything from being a, from the childhood till till now and um his caretaker is killed in after the first episode so he's trying to uh, uh right that wrong while still trying to take care of everybody in his family and so forth but uh this last episode uh it will pull on the heartstrings and i know you you'll really enjoy that one um it's on apple tv it's a must watch i'm putting that on a must watch because he is such a good actor and um it, it's a great story so uh, i i don't know if you've seen it because uh, i don't know i don't know if you got the apple tv yet i know your wife does right yeah yeah, we got we got the Apple TV that I that I play on the uh, the Xbox. Let me see something here. Let me see if I can if I can clear something up here for you. Ptolemy. Yeah, that's Ptolemy. It's no, there's the P is silent, sir. It's Ptolemy Gray. Ptolemy. Yeah. Ptolemy Gray. Ptolemy Gray. So you you pull one of my that's, moves. Well, no, you're you're pulling the Ptolemy. Ptolemy. Yeah. yeah, I'm saying it the way it's spelled. Yeah, jackass. <laughs> I know it's telling you. I've been watching the series. I'm just I had to put some comic shit in here, so it's a good show, man. I, I, I urge you to watch. I know you've been on vacation and now you're trying to catch up with everything that that's going on. There's a lot of stuff to watch, but that is a much watch for you, and you can watch it with your wife, and she'll enjoy it as well. Uh, yeah, I mean it's not, it's on the list, so I mean I'm definitely gonna check it out at some point. All right, uh, a couple more things that I'm watching: uh, the new show Moonlight, uh, Moon Knight uh, on. Uh, on Disney TV, so it's a Marvel show. Um, it's again a part of the new Phase Four. Uh, essentially, this this kid is doesn't know what's going on. He has some type of uh, uh, disconnection disorder, disease, or something like that. Um, it's a, it's a wild. It's, again, it's a Disney series, so it's wild. So you have no idea what's going on in the first uh, uh, episode or first couple episodes when the next one comes out because it's it's out there. So there's a lot of Easter eggs, and I still have to read or contact Gigantor because he's a big uh, Marvel and, and Star Wars nerd. So able to break that down for me but it, it's great action great story so far um and apparently it's following the comic book which i've never read uh to the t so that's something that it's also watching and last but not least wrestlemania baby it is day two of wrestlemania so i can't wait to jump off and jump into wrestlemania day two and then monday night uh raw the day after wrestlemania after you know we're recording is usually the biggest raw of the year where the fans are the most involved and the craziest so that's what i'm watching e what are you watching yeah man wrestlemania right on point i watched uh i watched a bit of it last night i I put on the rewind and I watched uh, the first part that I missed uh, yesterday. Some really, really cool matches. I mean, you know, that we we talked about the women's championship uh, that that we we witnessed last night. I mean, that was a hell of a match. I oh mean, yeah, a hell of a match. 
hell of a rivalry uh, with Bianca Belair once again coming out on top after her victory last year and uh, last year's WrestleMania that she just could not hold on to that long. So it was it, it was it was fun to watch. Uh, it was fun to see her come back after uh, after just a really really tough match. I mean, I, I honestly I thought she would get counted out a couple times. Um, yeah, and then Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes that was another really good match, nice long match, and and that's what you expect out of WrestleMania. And then you know the the goofy match of the night uh was was it was it jake paul uh out there doing some goofy shit against the the mysterios and uh look i i was i was a bit frustrated i'm a, I'm a fan of the mysterios and uh you know ray mysterio out there his with his son living the dream and uh, I, I was i was uh, disappointed in that match but uh, i wasn't surprised by the miz's actions afterwards oh man that was a first of all he came out with his uh the mysterious came out father and son and uh, uh dominic came out in the american suit that looked very similar to eddie guerrero's american suit in wcw so that was a nice homage and he also has a little mullet going as well so he looked good um obviously the miz is being paired up with with the hollywood stars as last year it was it was bad bunny this year um you know you you have um jake paul and at the end he turns on jake paul so apparently you know the fans hate jake paul enough that they want to see him more again you either you either hate it or you're cheered either way that that makes money so if the miss can fight jake paul and make more money at the next pay-per-view hey i'm all for it yeah i mean you know it's 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 wrestling right so it's one of those silly things uh the first match of the night uh it was the ustos and i, I forget the uh I, I wasn't real familiar with the team that they that they fought against but the one big guy there his knee just kind of totally buckled oh and, that uh, yeah that was, that was uh rick booze rick boogs and yeah. uh shinsuke nakamura 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 uh yeah rick booze had had both of the usos on his shoulders and his knee blew out so his tendon uh or his ligament that holds uh his knee together blew out from the quad uh so yeah he had to be carried off so it was an actual legit injury yeah that, and and that was that was a scary because i mean he was just, he's a monster you see him out there and he's just kind of manhandling people and he was he had one across his shoulders and the other one jumped on top and you just saw like you saw it in his face like oh i got this and then you saw it in his face like oh shit no i don't and that knee just buckled and he's that's a big guy to have to carry off so uh that, that was unfortunate to see that but i'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what tonight's festivities bring i still got to go back and, and see what stone cold did last night because they the way they led up to that i was like there's no way he's gonna fight this is over and then uh Apparently, there was a fight afterwards after I was already watching uh, SNL. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen tonight. Uh, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. I mean, this is one of those like all-time matchups. I'm very excited to watch that considering the fact that I'm a four-times-a-year wrestling guy. It's it's one of those things that gets my blood pumping. So um, it'll it'll definitely be interesting. The Ronda Rousey and uh, um, and what the hell is Charlotte her first Flair. name? Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair. That was another good one. Yeah. Uh, I was getting ready for it to see someone's uh, ankle get completely ripped off. So that was another uh, good fight. And you know, it's WrestleMania. They got to show out. They put the celebrities out there. You know, and and uh, and they do their thing. So yeah, I, I'm all in for uh, WrestleMania once again tonight. Um, as far as what's been on my list, well, my birthday was last Sunday. Mm -hmm. and you know what else was last? The Oscars, the Academy Awards. So on my birthday, as I'm sitting there, uh, you know, a little bit uh, uh, not 
completely sober, I watched Will Smith walk up on stage and slap Chris. Like, I can't even call it a bitch slap. It was more of a, I, I mean, I technically, I guess I could call it a bitch slap because he definitely slapped Chris Rock like a bitch. You know, that little limp wrist slap that he made. I mean, if you're going to go out there and do the thing, at least give him the, the full palm. But, you know, when you leave him, <laughs> Will Smith just hit me in the face. Like, yeah, there was nothing and then you know it, it was just it was embarrassing for will smith i mean you know what will Un- uncle phil think about this man uncle phil would be disappointed and then will smith would be crying in the living room saying why doesn't nobody want me man <laughs> you know what I I, I I i didn't know about it till the next day i really didn't i didn't watch the oscars i don't care to watch the oscars because it doesn't mean shit to me i just know hear about it the next day um but after watching the clips, I'm just like, you wouldn't do that to somebody who can actually beat your ass. Like if it was The Rock giving that presentation, hey, this is this is what I'm doing. He makes a quick a quick joke. His ass ain't getting up to go beat up on The Rock because The Rock will just no. beat the shit out of him. It could have been anybody else, even uh, even Dave Chappelle. If Dave Chappelle would have made that joke, he ain't going up there to beat up Dave Chappelle. No, well, and, and and that's the thing is that it wasn't the first time that Chris Rock talked shit about Jada. You know what I mean? So that's it was already brewing in the works a couple of years ago, and, and I think in the Academy Awards again, there were some uh, some words that were said by the comedian, and uh, Will Smith obviously didn't take it too lightly. But the funny thing is, is that you know we saw all this mess about here. You're worried about him talking shit about your wife's hair. Keep your wife's name out my out your fucking mouth. I says, well, you know, how about beating up all the dudes that were screwing your wife the whole time? Yeah, uh, at the red table, you know, where the gangbang tables, I like to call it, because that's where everyone's putting Jada over and being just taking her to town. But you ain't gonna beat up those dude. I mean, I know, I know, Will gets he gets mad in uh, in, in in March, but how, how mad does he get in August? <laughs> oh, wow, wow. All right, we're we're gonna move on from that and uh, <laughs> talk about the other. Thing watched i mentioned a little bit earlier snl saturday night live gerard carmichael uh was the host and apparently which i did not know because he has a new special coming out on hbo uh if you've ever watched the gerard carmichael show you know what kind of comedy he is he's very dry well he actually comes out uh, uh as an openly gay on his new comedy special and he made mention of it last night on snl um good for him i mean like hey I, I, can, I always say it it, it, uh, it matters until it doesn't matter, right? So uh, good for him. Proud of him for being able to be who he is. And uh, I'm looking forward to his new special, which will be on HBO. I'm a, I'm a fan of his comedy. I, I like the, his his style. I like the way that his, uh, his delivery is. So I'll be looking forward to that. Uh, did you get a chance to watch SNL yet? So, yes, I always watch SNL the morning after because I have to keep uh, current with you. And there's sometimes I don't, but most of the times I do. And I had no idea who this dude was. Just like he said in his opening monologue, he's like, I'm the most least famous person doing, you know, hosting today. Rightfully so. I had no idea who he was. Um, He killed that monologue. And then he goes on and does these sketches. And he was hilarious. And especially in that, was it the the brain one? The Jeopardy uh, uh, spoof? That, That was hilarious. The whole wheelbarrow and they couldn't name it and... Yeah. pretty much making fun of covid brain and uh no he, there was there was not a skit that he was in that wasn't funny no that was definitely uh th- did you see the did you see the sketch with the doll 
oh my god yeah that was hilarious when he puts his his hand he f- kind of fists the doll and the dolls turn around <laughs> smiling and he's like no not like that not like that yeah that was hilarious like like does that doll have a full bush uh no that's just where the hair attaches to the head any doll maker would would know, know that. that you yeah. act like we know shit that doll makers know <laughs> it was it was just it was a it was a it was a funny episode i have absolutely no idea who the musical uh, guest was i tried to listen and i didn't understand what he was saying so i says this one's not for me so i <laughs> i kept going with that but i shazammed yeah, I mean, it look, uh, uh, no. what's that i definitely shazammed it yeah no yeah and and you know i i didn't because i didn't like it so i didn't care so that's how that went but yeah uh looking forward to his special coming out uh you know being a comedy guy and then i i actually uh when i went record shopping last week on my birthday i picked up uh i picked up the chronic dr dre the chronic uh on, on vinyl yeah dude uh, yeah and it's been banging in the house this morning and uh I, I keep having to make sure i have that mute button ready for the uh very explicit content on this record but it was uh yeah it was it was one of those things where i saw it and i was like yep that's coming on with me that's definitely one that's going on the list so you know uh good time and uh i'm looking forward to to burning that record real loud when we're drinking our pecan whiskey next week sir oh sounds good i'm excited i'm excited to uh, be back in the studio next week i'm not a fan of the zoom stuff here because it makes me work even harder on uh, mondays but uh I'm excited to be back in the studio, catch up with you, uh, get a little bit more of the uh, details of the uh, trip, and uh, drinking some moonshine and whiskey. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But for today, well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. A big thank you to our sponsors, 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, ACSI, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF podcast t-shirt. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TRUEFAN15 at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. That is true fan 15. Go and get your shirts right now. And don't forget to visit our buddy Danny and his crew over at acsi.tech and click on their career section to start an exciting new career in the communications industry. Go to acsi.tech. That's acsi.tech and click on careers to apply today and uh, get your spring kicked off in the right direction. Don't forget Enrique Calderon's new single just came out March 26th. Check it out on YouTube and all streaming platforms. It is live. It is ready to go. And it is fresh in the kitchen for you. Go and check them out. Don't forget to check out the Shine Native Radio podcast as well. Now available on all major platforms. Mike Logic, Ideal, and Throw MC talk about sports, movies, and all types of ill shit. And they also take your music submissions. Don't forget to check out Shine Native Nights. They're doing so much big things. Go on Facebook and Instagram and check out Ideal Raps, Shine Native Radio. Go and check out all the events they have going on. And Mike Logic's new album, as I was saying, is also available. Check out MikeLogic.Bandcamp.com. M-I-C-L-O-G-I-K. Logic with the K is back. MikeLogic.Bandcamp.com. Get your copy and the uh, new music video for a single solo is available to watch on YouTube as well. Shout out to Ronish, Panic Serious Beats, and Custom Made for the uh, beats we played on today's show. Check out panicondepeat.com for all your Mole Men merch and gear. 
Check us out on social media. You can find us at True Shy Fans on Twitter and on TikTok. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and reach out to us. Hit the DMs with your Stormy the Pot recommendations and just tell us what you think about the show. You can also reach us on our email at TrueChicagoSportsFans at gmail.com. Before we get out of here, uh, we want to mention the the absolute legend in NFL reporting, John Clayton, the professor from all those great ESPN commercials, all those great ESPN hits. He passed away last month at the age of 67. Uh, Long before he became an ESPN icon, John might have been the best news-breaking team reporter out of his generation, the type who could sit on the story for months and then break it before others had any clue what was going on. Um, He was from Braddock, Pennsylvania, and he began his career in 1972 as a teenager covering the Pittsburgh Steelers in a season that included the Immaculate Reception. Uh, He'll be sorely missed. He he was also recently still reporting for Seattle Radio after he was let go from ESPN a couple of years ago. So um, he had a 20-year run at ESPN after being uh, with the Tacoma newspaper. So this is a guy I think everyone knows him very famously for not knowing if he had a ponytail or not in the back of his head during his hits. And uh, his his commercial where he's rocking now, he goes, Ma, where's the meatloaf? absolutely love john clayton and and like i said he was doing a radio show up until recently yeah john clayton's one of the original ogs that you want to model yourself after his commercials were hilarious and um he would always uh not wear not wear pants (laughs) (laughs) so uh hats off to you john clayton thank you for being such an inspiration and you will dearly uh, be missed very dearly rest in peace john clayton peace all right y'all for big z this is e-rock we'll see you next week for episode 91 until then be good to each other for the love of sports Swish. a few moments later you have a lot of incest that's real shut your mouth lover boy nature versus nurture lodge nature always wins i think he's on steroids <laughs> Hasta luego, amigos. Show's over, show's over, show's over.